Hi, I'm Danny Murphy, and welcome back to Virtual Reality, where me and Evan Real spill all the reality TV news and gossip, and get ready to listen to our full, unedited interview with one of your favorite reality TV stars. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gina Shea, we are so excited to have you on the podcast. And this is such a milestone moment. Season 10 of Vanderpump Rules, it's kind of insane to think that you have been contributing to reality TV history for over a decade because I do not forget the Hills cameos now. <laughs> I know everything, Sheena. How how does it feel to have come this far when you kind of reflect back on Dude, it's crazy. It's it's Really, I like to say this is my little mom joke. It's surreal. <laughs> it works. It's just to be doing this for a, over a decade because, I mean, yes, the hills, but also we shot our pilot in October 2011. We shot our first season 2012, and we've been on air for 10 years. So it goes even further than that. And yeah, back to good old the hills. It's just insane when I watch old things back to not even remember, you know, like I don't remember my life 10 years ago. I don't remember it 10 weeks ago. Sometimes I have mom brain, but to be able to live my life for the world to see, to, you know, share my best moments, my worst moments, the ups, the downs, the relatable stuff. It's not always pretty. I am so blessed. It's, it's crazy. And I love that you talked about mom jokes, mom brain, because I one of the biggest changes <laughs> from those decades is that now you are a mom. How I know. is that? How is being a mom on reality TV? Are you kind of like, oh, this is exciting? You're like, oh, I do not want to deal with all the comments of now giving me mom stuff. So last season for me, I don't think most people know this, but I was only home from the hospital for like three and a half days before we started filming. So <laughs> I had like no time to figure anything out. I felt like I was just in a fog all of season nine. I watch it back and I'm like, oh, that happened. I just, it was crazy. The the hormones and everything that I went through in my labor was nuts. So I don't even think I had time to really think about that last season. What I was most worried about, because the scenes we filmed, it was so so short we aren't allowed to film with the kids that much when they were infants there's filming rules it was like 20 minutes a day or something so i didn't think in those 20 minutes i could you know mess up bad enough to be judged i was more worried about looking like i'm the mom who's always going out partying and never home with her kid when i'm like yes and still to this day i do go out often my kids in bed she sleeps the whole time i'm gone i'm the one who gets less sleep you know it's my own fault but <laughs> That was one of the things I was most worried about. And then this season, I felt very much more confident in being a mom. I feel like, okay, I've gotten my footing. I've kind of figured it out as best I can. And she's a toddler now. She's communicating. She's talking. It's gotten easier. But then there's parts that are more challenging as well. But I feel like the amount of work I've been doing in therapy with – um learning I have postpartum OCD and now doing 
exposure and response prevention therapy and just working on all of that, I feel so much more confident as a mom. And it's something I've been talking about a lot on my podcast lately, just because I feel like a lot of women will get misdiagnosed for postpartum depression when it's postpartum OCD. And a lot of people don't know that this is a thing. I didn't know this until just a few months ago. And learning that about myself has been insanely eye-opening. It is just something that I want to spread to the world. Like if you feel like when you go to that checkup, it's not depression, but it's something Keep asking and advocate for yourself because had I not opened up to my therapist finally, I wouldn't have known this. I wouldn't be doing the exposure work to become a more confident mom. I couldn't drive by myself with her up until like a few months ago. It was, it's just, it's really terrifying being a mom because I don't want to mess up. I don't want anything to happen to her when I'm by myself. But I, even though I'm crying right now, I do feel like in the last few months, I'm just, I'm so proud of myself because I've done so much on my own. Brock, yes, he's available to come with me, but I'm like, no, I need to do this on my own. So it's been challenging, but it's also been so rewarding. And I just feel so proud of myself that I'm, I'm doing it because it's not easy. Well, thank you so much, first of all, for opening up to us about this. I know it can't be easy, but I'm I'm glad to hear that you are kind of on the other side of things and you are yeah. seeing light at the end of the tunnel and, and things are great now. What advice would you give to moms who are experiencing similar struggles? Were there any sort of signs looking back now that you, you're, you're able to identify that you'd be like, hey, hey, ladies, like, look out for this. And maybe you might need help if you're also experiencing this. Yeah, the intrusive thoughts was what really got me. And I was just like, why am I seeing these things in my head? I don't want to harm anyone I love. I don't want these things to happen, but I just kept seeing them. And one day I just decided to tell my therapist this. And it's things I've I've sure had OCD my whole life, but I've never been properly diagnosed for it. It's just something I just always, you know, oh, it's fine. Just, just go away. You know, like I just tell the thoughts to go away. And then when it started being about my baby, I was just like, okay, this like I don't, when I'm holding her, even if we're just like on our balcony, I know I'm not going to toss her off the balcony, but in my head, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, what if like she just jumped out of my arms right now and fell off the balcony or what if this? And those thoughts were just so disturbing. And once I talked to my therapist about it, she was like, it really sounds like you have postpartum OCD. And I was like, wait, what? I had no idea that was a thing. Started researching it, listened to several podcasts on it. I've now been working with my therapist who's really good in this. And it's just there's there's so much help out there that you can do that can really, really help. Like my fears of driving by myself with her, I'm not going to get over that fear unless I start doing it more. So now several times a week, I either take her to my mom's house. I'll take her to a music class by myself. I took her over to Britney's this weekend by myself. I'm just trying to do more things by myself. And that's made me feel so good that when I get there, I'm like, yes, I did that on my own. But it's all of those just intrusive thoughts and things that are telling me that I can't. Like, that's the thing with OCD is it attaches to, like, your biggest fears. And then you just see them happening all of the time. And it's terrifying. But I just have to tell myself that this isn't going to happen. It's not going to happen. You got this. And 
Yeah, I just um, I definitely recommend if any women out there are experiencing anything similar to this, just to reach out for help, because there's so many resources that I just feel so much better in the few months that I've been getting help myself. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I like too that you brought up that for a while or like when you were dealing with thoughts, you were just gonna be like, oh, I'm not gonna think about it. Oh, whatever, whatever. Because I feel so many times you're just taught like, Oh, just like, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. when you're a kid, you're like, oh, toughen up. It's almost like that mentality. So yeah. you feel guilty or shameful to be like, oh, I'm doing something wrong when it's nothing you're doing wrong. It's just like the part of like what you're experiencing and growing through and going through. And did you kind of feel, how was opening up to like, you obviously opened up to your therapist, but like opening up to Brock and your friends and family about kind of like, guys, this is what I'm dealing with. When I came down from therapy that morning, I just started bawling. And I was like, I finally know what's wrong with me. Like, it was just such a freeing feeling. And I'm like, okay, now that I know this, sure, I still need a technical psychiatrist to diagnose me properly. But I'm also not trying to get on medication yet. I hopefully I can just do the exposure therapy and all of these things first and be okay. So I said, you know, I'm I'm not going to rush off to a psychiatrist right now because I'm not like, oh, I need to get on meds. I have OCD. I want to try and do as much as I can on my own. So I opened up to him and he was so supportive and was just like, wow, okay. Like I'm glad because he knew that that I've just had all of these crazy fears, but not really understood where they came from. And then opening up to my family, I found out even people in my family have this. And like one of my cousins, she's like, oh my God, my biggest fear is, you know, the house is going to burn down when I leave. And like, what if like this, or I left something on and I'm like, oh my God, me too. Like the second I, like, I make sure, okay, the heater's off, the stove's off. Like, and it's like, I guess those are some of like the compulsions, but I'm just always afraid for like safety. And I just always want to make sure my baby's okay. And so now that I started talking about this on my podcast, I've had so many women reach out and just be like, oh my God, I bet that's what's wrong with me too. And this is something that is just literally so often misdiagnosed. And when you go to that six-week checkup, they give you the questionnaire to answer questions about postpartum depression. And there were most questions I was like, no, no, no. And then there were a few where I was like, hmm, yeah, I kind of relate to that. But if I check yes, then I'm going to get diagnosed with depression. I'm in the middle of filming a reality show right now. I know I'm not depressed. It's just, I'm just going to say no. And I just said no to all of them because I didn't want to get misdiagnosed because I just knew it wasn't that, but it was something. There was something wrong with me. And I've always been crazy about numbers and other things that when I opened up to my therapist about, she's like, this definitely sounds like OCD. And she's like, what about, you know, you with numbers? And I was like, well, anyone who knows me knows I have only followed 420 on Instagram for like a decade because I used to be this like cool stoner chick and was like, yeah, I'm going to follow 420. And if I had to follow someone new, I had to unfollow someone. And it was just this one thing. It was like, I just, it was that number. And then one day I decided to go to 444. And then one day I just said, you know what? 
fuck it. Follow as many people as you want. And that was the first step of my exposure therapy. And it was just such a freeing. It may seem so dumb, but it was just such a freeing feeling, meeting new people, making new relationships. I mean, like, let's follow each other. Now I don't need to go and unfollow someone because, God, that gave me anxiety. And I was just like, it's just a number. But it was just something about that control. And there's just so much that I've learned about OCD over the last few months. And even a compulsion can be avoidance. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, that was me. Just, oh, go away, go away. It's fine. It's fine. I'm just not going to pay attention to this. And like, it's it's crazy once you kind of figure out what's wrong with you. It's like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm not normal. No one's normal. But this is what's wrong with me. Now we know. And now we can work on it. What was it like navigating this while cameras are rolling for season 10? And who among your castmates did you lean on the most as as you were going through this? So none of this happened during the season. This is all stuff I just recently in the last three months have found out. So yeah, so just filming this season, I still I had it in my head. And hopefully there's a season 11 because, oh, my God, I can't wait to talk about this. But during season 10, I still didn't know what was wrong with me. I just was doing my avoidance and just, it's fine. It's fine. You know, and just telling myself whatever I needed to, to get through each day. But season 10 was full of discussions anyway. So I don't, you know, I don't know if you would have had time because Sheena, we are two episodes in the premiere was wild. Uh, Episode two Danny and I just watched it. It was just as good. Um, what was your take on all the drama that went down this season? I mean, things are really heating up there with this whole Raquel and Schwartz and Peter situation. Like, it is just, it's a lot. I don't know it's where to- It's so good. So Like, good. so good. I feel like the essence of the early seasons of our show is back. I feel like season 10 is giving seasons one through three. I think season 10 set us up for a really good season 11. I really do. I'm like, when do we start? There's only been two episodes. Well, the second one hasn't even aired yet. And I'm like, when do we start? I'm ready to go. And then, you know, at the end of episode two is the preview for three. And I'm like, whoo, here we go. Okay, now Sheena's getting in the drama. I was going to say, Sheena's in the hot seat. You're in the hot seat there. (laughs) For the rest of the season. Wow. I mean, yeah. I guess I'm just trying to like, what what do I ask first, Sheena? Because it it seems like such a layered situation. So it's like there's this there's this whole idea that maybe uh, Katie thinks that you encouraged the Schwartz and Raquel hookup. What what's your response there? Well, here's a little tea because I love you. There was a conversation that happened between Katie and I, and. Schwartz and Raquel, it was brought up about these rumors from Coachella. And Katie said, I think they would make a good couple or they might be a good match or something along those lines. So I took that and ran with it. And I told Raquel, Katie kind of gives you her blessing if you want to pursue that. And then you'll see the rest play out. Because Raquel does give me girl's girl energy. Like, I feel like she wouldn't just jump at Schwartz just to be like, oh, my time's now. I was I was kind of shocked about. So this makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> so, yeah, it started as a conversation, which was Katie joking. Was Katie serious? You'll see literally all of this play out. But yes, I, I did push that because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Look, I mean, who who can blame you? They're they're a cute couple, and if uh, you know, they look cute together. 
if and if Katie encouraged it, then like, why, why not? I also, I guess I'm just so curious, like, why do you think that Katie was so strict about the no hooking up with anyone in our group rule? Because like, not only is that just hard, that's a hard rule to follow, but also it deprives the viewers of what we love so much about Vanderpump Rules, which is incestuous hookups. Yeah. I mean, I guess that was just her still wanting to have some control over Schwartz, you know, Mm -hmm. like just another ultimatum, another control thing. I think that's what it was. Do you feel that like when they said they were separating and divorcing, she was still kind of wanting to have that be the ideal thing where it's like, they're no longer together, but I can kind of control him. And I know he's like, wants to make me happy. So we'll do anything I say kind of. Totally. It's just like the definition of have your cake and eat it too, you know? Do you think she would have been the equal levels of upset if if he had hooked up with girls outside of the group? Or do you think she would have been mad either way? I think it's always going to be upsetting either way when you hear your ex is moving on hooking up with someone else. It's just an extra sting when it's someone as beautiful as Raquel, who is also on the show. And then you have that thrown in your face. Like, I honestly can't imagine what that's like for any of these old couples in new relationships and situations having to be around their ex with their new person. It's for me, you know, when I've broken up with someone or divorced them, they're not on the show anymore. They're not in the friend group anymore. They were in this friend group because of me. But with everyone else, their jobs are together, their friends are together, and they don't have a choice but to be around each other. So that is insanely challenging. I don't think it would be easy for anyone to see that, but especially an added layer of seeing someone in this group. That's just an extra sting. So like, I get it. And when she said that, you know, maybe she wasn't being serious, but I took it and ran with it. You will see all of that. Also, I feel Raquel needed that because like you said, she's in the same boat uh, in a relationship that's no more watching her ex go around. She's crying on wine dates, which is very relatable. And I felt like it was kind of Raquel needed a fun little moment to get back out there. And it seems to me that she does have a lot of fun this season, I hope. Yes. No, she definitely lives her best life. But with that, I think she still needs some guidance. So I'm kind of there as, you know, best friend, big sis, because I just want her to be the best version of herself. She is such a good person, but she's still kind of finding her way. You know, she's 28, which to some sounds old, like, oh, well, by the time I was 28, you know, I had three kids or whatever, like people can say to her, but For Raquel, she went from college to living with James to living with me and Brock to being on her own. And now you're seeing that on her own. So it's, you know, I think the first time in her life that she's really just been on her own and we get to see all of that. And she lives her best life. And yeah, it'll it'll be a a fun season for sure. It's so nice that she had you to kind of guide her through this whole ordeal um especially after she opened up about her depression which you know crying over wine with with peter it it sounds funny but it was actually heartbreaking to watch like she was really in a bad place at the start of the season how did you help raquel get to a better place where she was able to sort of live her best life and hook up with whoever she wanted to and you know just found her happiness again 
Yeah, I've just been the biggest support system for her. And I also want to go on the record saying I'm not a yes man to Raquel. I think a lot of people think that I just support any decision any of my friends make when, in fact, with Raquel specifically, there have been times where I'm like, hey, honey, you know, like when you do this, it looks this way or da 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 da. And like I try and guide her in the best direction. I'm not just like, yes, Raquel, live your best life. I support every single decision and the way you're doing it, I still make sure that she is always making the best choices because she is such a good person. She has such a big heart, but also I feel like it's easy to kind of get lost in this just like single girl party, live my best life. And so I've always just tried to remind her, you know, you know who you are. You're better than this. We got this. And I can't wait for you guys to see it all. I know it feels like you and Ariana are kind of like it's like a unofficial Vanderpump sorority house when you guys go over to her apartment. And yeah, just kind of like there to hype her up and everything like that. Do you? I, and I know you're not her yes man, but do you feel like you're? Do you feel people kind of try to see her as someone to like go after or confront and stuff like that because they're just like not getting what she's going? Do you feel she kind of gets put through the ringer this season? She definitely does because no one knows her like I know her. Mm-hmm. And I would try to explain that to the girls. I'm like, I know you think she's this way, but she's actually not. And you think that I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. When actually I'm not, I have conversations with her when I need to. So you'll see her go through a lot this season. I know it's going to be tough for her to watch back. The first episode was hard for her to watch back. And I sat next to her and I gave her a hug and I just said, sweetie, just remember, it's not going to get any easier. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm like being honest, you know, it's like the first episode is not the hardest. We still have, I don't even know how many episodes we have this season, but it's not going to get any easier. Maybe hopefully as each week goes by, it gets easier to watch it back. But we know what we lived this summer and her story, it's going to get more difficult. Was it kind of nice to be not super involved in the drama? Like you're involved. You're certainly involved, but you're Oh no, I'm involved. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, you're sort of just uh, sort of like ping ponging between different like parts of the group. And you also have your like wedding to focus on. Like, I I feel like this isn't a super heavy season for you. Like, how are you feeling afterwards? Well, I felt that way up until I saw the preview for episode three. And then I was like, Here we go. Okay, I did forget how much I was involved in that. And it all started with Schwartz and I getting into some shenanigans. That's how it all started. And it was all downhill from there all season. When you heard Katie, I forget the exact quote, but she kind of wanted to like watch you. There was she was not happy with you and had some choice words for you in that season three preview or episode three. What was your feelings with that? And have you guys how are you two doing right now? We don't talk. Um, We don't talk about Bruno. Got it. Yeah, we don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. (laughs) She could be considered Peppa, though, if you've seen Encanto. (laughs) Okay, the mom shade is coming through. Uh, But um, yeah, you know, it's unfortunate because I felt like that podcast I did was very neutral. I felt like... I wasn't just like, yes, Schwartz. Like it wasn't a team Schwartz podcast. I felt like I even had Katie's back in that podcast. So for it to then 
turn into all of this. And then, you know, me facilitating Raquel and Schwartz. And also it's like, they're adults. They're two grownups. They didn't need me to come in and be like, hey, you guys should make out. Katie gave you her blessing. Like Katie was okay. I guess maybe she was joking. I didn't know that. I took it literal and I ran with it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, they're adults. You know, I didn't grab their heads and force them together. They made out on their own. I wasn't even there for it. I didn't even see it. So it feels like your invitation for Schwartz to come on the podcast came from like a really genuine and pure place because you navigated a divorce on the show. And it it feels like just from these first two episodes that Schwartz is having a tougher time with the split than Katie is like, for instance, he told you if I hooked up with another girl, it would still feel like cheating. Whereas like Katie's out here living her best life, hooking up with whoever outside of the group. Um, it, it really felt like you just kind of wanted to offer him a space to open up and maybe find yeah. some healing. And that's the thing. Schwartz has always been a good friend to me. And Katie and I have always been very up and down. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it seemed like when I spoke to Katie, we had a good conversation. She told me she was living her best life. You know, she was hooking up with someone else and she wanted Schwartz to get that push. And I was like, I can be his wingman. Like, I felt like I was actually doing her a favor. So the way you'll see this all implode in my face, like I was supposed to know that conversation was a joke. I'm like, I, I was just trying to help all parties here. You wanted him to move on because you moved on. I'm trying to help him move on, get his Schwartz back. Hey, Raquel's cute. She thinks you're cute. And I, I just really thought I was just helping out. <laughs> it also to us seems like that they, and from what they even did a joint statement together, like by all intents, it seems like a very amicable separation and a divorce that they're just like, we don't vibe. So I kind of, yeah. in my mind was like, Oh, they want what's best for each other and themselves. So why would they even care about what what's going in what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I know. And that's the thing is, you know, Katie had already been talking to someone else. So at that time that I suggested it, I was like, oh, I thought this is what we were doing. I thought we were moving on now, but we are moving on, but just not with Raquel. And from what I've heard, it wasn't don't hook up with anyone in the friend group. It was don't hook up with Raquel. Oh, why so? Just what I heard. By, why so triggered by Raquel specifically? I mean, look at her. You know, she's stunning. <laughs> she is absolutely stunning for sure. But I mean, so is so is Katie. You know, I I don't know. It's just it's- oh, totally. No, Katie's beautiful. Everyone on our show, they're beautiful. But it's just like when you have Raquel, the tall, single, twenty-seven at the time year old model. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone wants their ex hanging out with someone mm-hmm. so beautiful like Raquel. Right. You probably didn't mean to to pick teams or choose sides in this in this whole situation, but the, it, it seems to have beca- become very polarized at some point. Was it kind of was it easy to sort of sway towards the short side of things, reflecting on the ups and downs you and Katie have had in the past? I just I look back to some of those early seasons and Sheena, I always I, I always commend you for powering through such like mean girl behavior was that kind of in the back of your head when you were kind of like yo I'm team Schwartz I mean it always has been honestly I think that's why it's always been so hard for me to fully be her friend again because even when we became friends like season three I still had you know a couple years of that and I feel like that's same with like Raquel and Lala and the girls you know she still has that past and history with them and that still affects us so with Katie it was just 
I tried and tried for so many years to be her friend again. And this year I finally was just like, okay, it is what it is. I'm, I'm done trying, you know, Schwartz is here. He's in a place where he could use someone like me to hype him up, to get his Schwartz back. And it was, yeah, a very easy decision to jump on the Schwartz bandwagon this summer. And did it almost feel like a relief to not be like, oh, I don't have to worry about making Katie like me or anything? <laughs> yes and no, because I'm still, at the end of the day, I I try my best, but like I'm still a people pleaser. I still want everyone to be happy. I do still want everyone to like me. I don't want to purposely upset people or piss them off. That's not my goal. It's I'm not this malicious person who's like, Haha, if I do this, it might roll out on this. Like, I just, my brain doesn't work like that. Maybe some other people on the show, but not me. So uh, yes, it was kind of a relief to know that I just didn't have to keep trying and pushing and kissing ass when I didn't want to, because I just felt like that friendship had run its course. I would love to get back to a place where we can be in the same room and be cordial and compliment each other's outfits or whatever, super surface level. I felt like we were there at BravoCon. And then I heard her saying stuff in interviews and saying how she tried to avoid me. And I'm like, okay, okay. Then you know what? I'm not even going to give my energy into being surface level and cordial. You look through me. I can look right through you too. Wait, speaking of BravoCon, Sheena, I was at the live taping of Watch What Happens Live when you performed Good <gasps> Gold, and we saw each other right before, because it yes. was a surprise, but I see Sheena standing in the wings in her cute little gold outfit, holding a microphone, and I'm like, oh my God, is what I think about to happen, about to happen, and then it happened, and it was you, and Kenya, and Melissa, and Candace. it was amazing. It was so fun. So, so good. What? What was the best part of BravoCon for you, Sheena? That problem, the, the performance just might be it. Yeah, that had to be the highlight. And also just honestly meeting the fans. That was one of the coolest experiences. You know, we had BravoCon before. We had the Vandercrawl we've done. But any type of event like that where we just feel the love, that is the best. But that performance, oh my God. I mean, that was probably top five one of the most fun nights in my life just getting to perform for everyone and then I always just I'll like blackout after just like emotionally blackout and after I performed I'm like did I do good did everyone cheer did they like me and then everyone's like no they didn't I was like I need to watch it back because I know I did it but then I just it's like gone instantly it was just that performance anxiety I don't know but I had a blast oh my god yeah it was it was the best time watching you on stage now a lot of people are always curious about these BravoCon interactions. Sheena, did you have maybe a not so great interaction with anyone at BravoCon? Um, not that I can think of, actually. I was worried it might be that with Brandy because you never know which Brandy you're going to get. And yeah. after my performance, when we were all on stage that night, I smiled and like complimented her dress or something. And I got like a nasty look back and I was like, hmm. But I think she was just drunk and just it wasn't even like necessarily towards me if she was just like in her own world. Because then the next day I saw her and I was like, hey, I tried to talk to you last night. And then we were fine and ended up like having lunch backstage together. And so, honestly, if all Brandy does is give you a nasty look, that's a great interaction. I feel like sometimes. yeah, you're like, oh, that's all. You, okay, I'll take that. Thank you. Yeah. But no. So I feel like that was probably the only person I was maybe worried about. But no, I was overall so good. Met so many people on so many shows. Just 
It was a great experience. I had a really, really good time. And I am curious too, because you were saying Katie was saying all this stuff about you at BravoCon, just kind of in general. Do you think there's any person on your cast maybe that she's talking to to be like, that's kind of like, yeah, 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 no, like, Sheena, like Sheena sucks, X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. Or is it all in like her head, her own monologue with it? No, honestly, I think she's on a solo island with this one. I mean, Lala and Ariana are two of my best friends, you know? So Tom and Tom I'm close with. James and I are cool. So I don't think there's anyone in this group that's hyping her up. Not even Christina Kelly. Wow. So she's just in Ubers yelling at the Uber driver about you. And they're like, left or right, miss? Yes, Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> well, speaking of Lala though an interesting dynamic that's playing out in the beginning of the season is Lala and Schwartz aren't getting along because of you know him playing pickleball with Randall how did you navigate that situation and remain neutral because you're close with both of them Oh, Schwartz got a piece of my mind. I, yeah, I, that's the thing. Like, I don't just agree with my friends because they're my friends. In this Mm -hmm. situation, Lala brought everyone over to my house one night. She made it very, very clear. You're either with me or you're against me. These are the things that I know as of now that this person has done. And there are so many more allegations and things coming out. So this is not a good person. This is not someone who you should feel safe around. Please disengage. Do not speak to him anymore. And if you do, then we're not friends. And if you choose that, like, that's fine. You're just not in my life anymore. And Schwartz respected that for seven months and then was like, well, I want to go play some pickleball. And I'm like, she couldn't have made it more clear. It's not that, oh, well, enough time has passed. No, enough time has passed that more allegations are coming up. We're finding out more with all of this time that has passed. So it's not okay because the article came out seven months ago or whatever for you to just now go play pickleball with him. I was not on board with that whatsoever. That was not okay. And also when she confronted him about it and he was like, oh, you were just kind of being narcissistic, calling us all over. I'm like, she's trying to let you guys know what's happening with her life. And she has a baby with this guy. It, I, it kind of, I was giving like, I was like, Schwartz, I don't like this side of you. No, no, no. And honestly, that night that she had everyone over at my house and told us all of this, that was the opposite of being egocentric. I think that was probably one of the most humbling moments in her life to have to admit of everything that had happened in her life in the past five years, all these things she's finding out, like, that was not an easy conversation for her to do. So for that just to be ignored seven months later because you wanted to play pickleball, like just Schwartz is a very smart man. Like he's he's smarter than that. And mm-hmm. you'll you'll see the rest of that play out. As one of Lala's closest friends, what was it like for you watching her learn about all these allegations? What was your reaction to all these allegations? I can't imagine how heartbreaking it was for her, for her friends. Yeah, no, it has been devastating, just all of the things that we have learned. And it's crazy because she really didn't No, it's not like, oh, well, I maybe thought this or I maybe thought that like she was blindsided with all of this information. And sure, maybe people had warned her in the past, but she wasn't taking that seriously. Everyone can be warned about the person they're with like, oh, you know, be careful. And it's like, oh, what? Because he's older because he's this or that, you know, whatever. So when she learned all of this information about him, I mean, absolutely heartbreaking. It's not something anyone should ever be put through. The amount of bad things this person has done 
and the fact that she has to split custody of her child still, it's just, it's heartbreaking. So I just pray for her that, you know, this all works out, that she gets full custody of her baby girl because that's where Ocean belongs. It was so sad her talking to Lisa in the second episode when she was like, I was just a 25 year old and someone told me they love me. And I feel so Mm -hmm. many people can relate where she's like, why would she be trying to like pick apart what could be going wrong? No, he made her feel safe. He gave her a beautiful home and, you know, this beautiful baby. She felt very safe. And to then find out how unsafe she was with this person, it's just, pardon my French, a mind Yeah, Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, there is this part in the episode where she says, I wish that I would have listened to people's warnings or people would have like said something sooner as her friend and, you know, knowing Randall a little bit, do you look back and see any red flags? Were you ever tempted to warn Lala about any, anything that you saw? Like, I, it's a hard situation because it's like you want to support your friend, but, you know, you don't want to like, I don't know, offend them in any way. So how, how did you manage that? There was never anything that I saw or heard firsthand from a reliable source that would have been worth bringing up to her. People in Hollywood talk about people in Hollywood, you know, so at the time and now with all of my friends and their relationships, I believe that you just need to trust that they have their best judgment and not tell them what to do or how to live their life. If there was concrete evidence. If I saw him making out with a girl at a restaurant or something, of course, I would have brought that to her. But to hear like he said, she said, her cousin said five years ago, it's like, or whatever, you know, there was nothing concrete that I could have ever brought to her. We all thought he was this amazing guy. He was so fun. You know, he took care of her and all of her friends and was so generous. And there weren't red flags that we saw. So, When all of this just started coming out, it was really mind-blowing. And I know Schwartz, you said he's a smart guy who was doing the pickleball. Sandoval made some light comments here and there, I feel, in the first episode and second episode. Was he kind of good being more Team Lala? Or did you and Ariana have to kind of like get him information with that? Or We kind of always have to reel in the Toms, you know, especially, I mean, Sandoval and Lala have not always seen eye to eye. You know, they have gone just at each other. But those comments, too, I didn't like it. It's, you know, I mean, yeah, it's not ideal for Lala to have to split custody with this person. Of course, if she could have anyone else, you know, be the dad. Yeah, of course, that's ideal. But if it was anyone else, the baby wouldn't be Ocean. Ocean is a beautiful, special, smart, amazing child. And she has that, you know? So when people just make those comments in the digs, it's it's not okay. Because if she did learn everything she knew now three years ago, she wouldn't have this baby. So every time it's just like, I wish I knew. I'm like, but you don't. And she even said that in the episode, you know, she's like, but I wouldn't have ocean. And that's the best thing to ever happen to her in her life. That baby is such a blessing. So, you know, she needed to stay with this man long enough to bring this baby into this world. And hopefully just everything will work out in her favor. And she will have that baby all the time with just her. And I love that Ocean and Summer are like built-in besties. They're going to be yes. a generation of of Sheena and Lala. I think that is just the cutest thing ever. But I'm sad that we're not going to see Ocean on this season. I know. 
Such what? a bummer. Their play dates are the cutest. You will see her on my vlogs. Oh, so okay. <laughs> you can always get summer and ocean time on my vlogs. But yeah, it was such a bummer that she didn't get to film this season. Hopefully there's a season 11 and hopefully you get to see our little toddler play dates. Yeah. Well, Sheena, this season, your wedding is coming up, which is so, so, so exciting. I love that it's happening on season 10 too. It just, it feels yeah. so love. <laughs> what are you most looking forward to uh, fans seeing from that day? It, it truly looked so beautiful. Oh my God. It really was. It was just so magical. The rainbow that came out of the sky right before I walked down the aisle to the song somewhere over the rainbow with my rainbow baby. It was just not a dry eye. It was so beautiful. This resort, Dreams Natura down in Cancun, I mean, they really pulled out all the stops. It was a dream wedding. I think they're even going to start doing a package that's like the Sheena and Brock package so people can recreate this experience because it was just too good from the welcome party with the water drums and the fire dancers and the swings in the water to the rehearsal dinner at the hibachi restaurant. And then we had the glass platform over the pool that I walked over for the ceremony. And then we had cocktail hour on the roof. And then we had an after party in a cave. It was so cool. It was so much fun. I might just get that package for myself right now because that sounds like heaven. Yeah, no, (laughs) it was awesome. I love to because you were saying at the beginning of the interview that you're like, there's some things you're like, I don't remember that. What happened? Is there anything from the wedding moment that you're excited to like watch back to be like, Oh, I forgot that happened. Do you think there's any, or there's any parts where you're like, oh, I need to connect some dots here. Yeah. I mean, it will be interesting to watch back to see what everyone else was up to. So I can't wait to see that because, you know, I wasn't with everyone. Most of the time I was doing my own thing. So that'll be fun to see, but I, and I, you never know how much is going to make it in, you know, like I, I have my wedding video, which I'll be posting around then as well, because I don't think you're going to have all of the vows and the speeches and all of that. So that I'm looking forward to watching back, but just that whole trip was a dream come true. Literally. How do you compare this wedding to uh, your first crop top wedding? This one, I was much more zen. I wasn't shoved into a broom closet. You know, it <laughs> it was good. hot. It was really humid. There were a lot of bugs. But um, I felt so different going into this wedding. The feeling I had in my stomach this time around wasn't a pit. It wasn't cold feet. It wasn't I shouldn't be doing this. It was like pure butterflies and joy. And it was just such a different feeling And that was really good. I shared that with Brock's family. Hopefully we see that back because that was just like a really cool moment for me. I was like, you guys have no idea. Like I'm, I'm happy today. This is how you should feel on your wedding. Not stressed, not, you know, all about the timeline. We got to do this. We got to do that. It was just like the first one. Yeah. there, There was just a lot that went wrong. And that's because, you know, the marriage unfortunately was wrong, but fortunately now I've got my right guy and it was, a perfect day. If anything went wrong, I wasn't aware of it. So that's, that's great. <laughs> that's a perfect bride vibe. And yeah. I also love I, that you were like, love like the wedding planning process and everything like that. What are your thoughts on people? Cause it, I feel so bad that Ariana has to answer like every single time people are like, why aren't they getting married? What is your thoughts on people like getting so invested in them involving the court for their, their relationship? It's interesting to me. 
Yeah, no, totally. And it's, I mean, it's not for everyone, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, there are couples who have been together their whole lives and don't get married and that's okay. It's just, it's always, I think there's just like these natural questions that we ask people, you know, it's when you get married, when are you having a baby after you have a baby, when are you having another baby? I'm like, it's just, you know, you've been together this long. So there's always those questions, but, um, yeah, for me, I mean, this is for me and I was so happy to do it again. We had my cousin marry us who married me my first time around. So there were some jokes at the beginning of the ceremony that, if they whatever doesn't make it in on the show like i do have my whole video and stuff so i still need to put together we did the vlog but i still need to put together an actual wedding video because there were so many funny parts that i haven't been able to watch back yet i also love that you were able to like poke some fun of everything like that's a great out like energy to have too like yeah (laughs) no we were kind of like writing his intro together and he was like well i was thinking it would be funny to say you know like welcome back or you know great to see everyone again i was like no you have to do that that's so funny (laughs) so i forget what exactly he opened up with but it was it was good people laughed that is that is hysterical um, Sheena, thank you so much for for taking the time. Before we let you go, for real, for real, we were mentioning the hills at the beginning of yeah interview. When is the last time you talked to Stacy, the bartender? I'm just honestly curious. Um, maybe like two weeks ago. We're like still. Oh friends. yeah, she lives in Nashville, so I don't see her often. But no, we're still friends. Oh. Yeah, I have a picture of us. We were pregnant at the same time. So yeah, she had her baby there about eight months apart. She was like ready to pop when I had just announced, but yeah, no, she's doing amazing. Okay. And the rest is still unwritten. Yeah. (laughs) I love love you. (laughs) I love to hear that Stacey, the bartender is doing well. I love to hear that you're doing well. Um, thank you so much for opening up to us thank earlier in the interview about everything. Yeah. Um, really appreciate you taking the time, Sheena. You are just good. Thank oh. you. Oh, thanks, guys. If you loved gossiping with us, and I know you do, then don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Virtual Reality, by Page Six. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week. <laughs>